everyone welcome back to ollie's at the wheel my name as always is nathan and uh the traditional free back again uh carl pierce hello hello how you doing i'm all right yourself yeah yeah pretty pretty good and liam f is here with us hello liam <laughs> my boys my boys my boys yes i have somehow changed my surname i don't really know why but um i just got reminded of that fact by nathan so yes I don't know what the F means, but you can decide amongst yourselves. <laughs> well, another interesting week of football, other than the, we are now, sorry, in the middle of the international break, which means it is boring. Yep. Um, and nothing is going on. England play Italy tomorrow at time of recording. Um, so, uh, but sad news, Liam, today from the world of Arsenal's history. Um, your your all-time favourite player and uh, first crush, Mesut Ozil, announced his retirement. Yeah. Um, it's it's very um it's a very mixed feelings for me. Um, I mean, obviously he had some really great moments for us, but he was an incredibly frustrating player. Um, and he kind of became a bit of a symbol for kind of how much of a joke we were at the time. You know, his exclusion and his lack of desire at some points. It was really quite frustrating. I think it, you know, especially was a bit of a stick to beat Arteta with, particularly when he excluded him from the club, which turned out to actually be a pretty good thing. But it wasn't for a long time. Um. But yeah, I mean, what a strange, what a strange, strange career. Someone who's so fantastic and he's never been, he's been so maligned. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he never really, he never really like stepped up as much as a lot of people would have liked. He kind of went hiding a lot of big games. I mean, we all knew, knew his ability, but he was also a bit lazy at the same time. I don't know. It's a very strange one, but off the pitch, he was an absolutely fantastic person from everything I hear and a real champion for human rights and for Muslims. So, you know what? Fair play to him. And I hope he's happy in his retirement. So, I mean, yeah, what were you guys? Do you, do you have any opinions? Yeah, I mean, he offered to pay Gunasaurus's wages during lockdown, so he'll always have my <laughs> eternal gratitude for that. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I mean, for me, he was a great player to watch when he was playing, um, like playing well. But the moment times got tough, he just obviously became a bit of like a meme because he mm. was for so often he was just a passenger in so many games. Um, but at Real Madrid, he was obviously one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Um, but still, fastest player to reach 50 assists in Premier League history. So he's always got yeah. that trophy, I guess. I think he he was very good for his first two or three seasons wasn't he but then as you say he just seemed to like give almost give up in a way like he couldn't be asked yeah it's i'm someone who's had such a great technique you'd think he'd be i don't know a bit better at shooting because i mean as a passer i think he's probably up there like maybe top five passes in the history of the premier league but he never really offered much else really no no physicality at all so you mm. could just you could just bully him um I think the Reese Oxford game is perhaps one of the most memorable things from a rival's perspective. Yeah. Of uh, just watching him just get destroyed by a 16 year old for an entire game. Yeah. Um, he was very good, Reese Oxford, in fairness, but it was. It was yeah, but he's also horrific to watch. literally 17. <laughs> 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 it was pretty. It was pretty great for Germany as well. Let's not forget that. Yes. Yeah. What was your favourite Mesut Ozil Germany moment, Carl? Well, you know, I don't know, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He, did, he did win the he World did. Cup. <laughs> he did, he did. I was going to say, I know he did win the World Cup with him. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he punished England a, a few times. But I remember especially the game where we went out to Germany and Lampard scored his ghost goal. He was absolutely fantastic that game, as much as we probably hated it at the time. Like, he was... He was a really fantastic player on his day. Um, I think someone like um, Martin Erdegaard is maybe what people wished Urza was at points. Someone who would take the game by the scruff of the neck, who would, you know, put effort into defending. I mean, I just saw a stat today that Erdegaard had the most tackles in the final third, and I don't think Urza has ever done a tackle in the final third. Yeah. Um, so it's very, I don't know, it's, it's a bittersweet feeling for a lot of Arsenal fans and bittersweet for me because I was not a fan of him for a long long time and I don't know if that was not easy to, easy, to, easy to understand but I think now maybe it is a little bit more. I think he should just be remembered more for the first season at Arsenal or first season and a half and Real Madrid. Mm. Yeah. Um, and... I mean part, part of me when, when I saw his announcement I, my initial reaction was I didn't even know he was still playing because <laughs> I know he went to <laughs> where did he go he went to somewhere in Turkey and then he basically yeah. got kicked out of the club twice I think yeah uh, and then I was like oh okay he's probably just retired and then like three months later it's I've retired everyone but you see <laughs> you see Adebayor <laughs> announced his retirement officially like three days ago yeah <laughs> like, you didn't really need to Emmanuel <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah I don't think he plays in like three years <laughs> What's the last club even he, he he was a good player um, as well. I mean, obviously, I don't particularly like him for a lot of reasons. Um, but I mean, he was a. I mean, anyone who can wear the number six at Real Madrid and make Ronaldo dance, I think is is is, is a hell of a player. That, yeah. that's, that's what quantifies a good player for me. <laughs> Pretty much, if you've not done that, then you you aren't allowed to uh, to actually be a professional footballer. Absolutely. So actually, I, I had a question for both you guys based off Ozil. If you could choose one player who who could have a better attitude towards football or just, you know, professionalism, who, who would it be? Who, who would be your choice to have a better professional attitude? Mm, There's a really obvious one, but I'm going to avoid it because I feel like Carl will probably say it. Um, like playing now or just ever? It can, it can be ever. Mm, Kim Kalstrom. <laughs> I wish he had a better attitude. Yeah, he, he was terrible, wasn't he? He was complete, complete <laughs> crap, really. Yeah. Carl, what are you thinking? I don't know, really. It's an interesting question. I'm not too sure. Um, do I wish I had a better playing attitude? I feel like Ravel Morrison's a really obvious one. Yeah, that's yeah. an obvious one to go for. I mean, Pogba's an, an obvious one to go for as well. I mean, he's, his attitude has sucked at times. Um, maybe if... He'd been more willing to work with the managers and stuff at Man United. He might have done a bit. He might have been done a bit more. Felt like he was like coasting off his World Cup win a lot of the time. Yeah, I think Louis Saha was a bit lazy sometimes. He yeah. could, he could have been a bit much better player at United as well. I know he didn't really get a lot of opportunities because Van Nistelrooy was obviously there, so he couldn't really get in the side. But even when he did, he was kind of like meh. Wasn't really there. Somebody who I think um, really should be, you know, one of the best players in the world right now is, is Deli Ali. Um, yeah. Not, he's not someone I particularly like, but I mean, he's better than playing with the Shiktas. I mean, I think actually. Listen, they don't even want to play him. Yeah, they don't want to play him. Yeah. Here's his question Do you think Gareth Bale should have had a better attitude, or do you think that was kind of something I was just put on him? I think that was just something that was put on him. 
I think internationally his attitude was spot on. He gave, Phenomenal, I think he gave yeah. I think he gave his all for Wales, but yeah, mm-hmm. when it came to Spurs, he was selfish and lazy. no i think gareth bell's career is legendary i think he's still the he's perhaps the best export british football's ever had without a doubt the things he did at real madrid Mm. they just hated him for some like they just absolutely hated him for some reason and at some point i think he just wore wore him down he was like why am i why am i bothering i've literally won these guys champions leagues Mm. classicos league titles (laughs) copa del rey's they're a demanding bunch out there aren't they but they're hideous aren't they yeah yeah so at some point you just go well you gave me this five-year contract (laughs) <laughs> but he did better than the likes of Michael Owen and that when they went there, didn't they? So that's not fucking difficult. Is well, it? no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I mean, I think it's probably going to come on to another question we had. But I mean, for people like Owen or people like Neymar, like do injuries come into it? Like, how much do does that kind of stuff like affect someone's desire? I think it's well, it's just. Yeah, it's always tough to come back from injuries, I'm sure, like mentally taxing to have to go through the rehab again and again and again. Um, I think with Michael Owen, when you look at what he did at Newcastle, I think it goes beyond that. He was he, he admitted like he didn't actually want to sign for Newcastle. But he just decided he didn't want to train or play for them when they're in a relegation scrap. And that's not down to injuries, that's just down to the person he is. Yeah, just having a bad attitude, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um so yeah i don't think it's that at all really i'm sure like when you look at guys like jack wilshire who sort of try and try and try and try to come back from these injuries and eventually mm. just gets the better of him yeah like it's gotta wear you down you know your mental health eventually if it's you know you keep getting big injuries one after the other you think you're recovered you play a couple of games and you're injured again it's gotta it's gotta affect your mental health yeah Mm, yeah, because I, I I was gonna say him at one point because I obviously had this whole thing with like smoking and stuff. But my God, like he could barely string a few games together, especially after that early um that early injury that really just kind of snowballed into more injuries here and there. I think Wenger really overplayed him at some point. But um yeah, I don't know. It's 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 very sad for a lot of these players. I mean, it's tough being a footballer. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Mm. Uh, especially tough being Michael Owen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he, he just has too much charisma, you know? Far too much. How do you contain they, it? It can't be easy having that much charisma. It really can't. No, it has to be really difficult. I'm surprised Michael Owen doesn't get more like presenting gigs. <laughs> <laughs> do you think him and Alan Shearer talk yet? Um, Probably not, actually, because they, they hated each other, didn't they? Well, Alan Shearer was the manager when Michael Owen refused to play and then Newcastle got relegated. Yeah, he was. He wasn't like a bad manager, Alan Shearer, was he? Considering like the stuff he had to do. Um, I don't. No, he's fine. He was only there for a little bit, but um, yeah. to try and save the club, and then you idiots yeah. like alone. It was probably already too late by the time, by the time they put him in charge. To be honest, but it was something he felt he had to, he had to give a go, wasn't it? Yeah, I think management obviously just isn't for everyone because I don't think he never tried it again, did he? No. So. I think Why he's not? wanted to try again, though. I remember him saying recently he wanted to try again. Where does he go, though? I don't know. I mean, you can go somewhere down the pyramid. You know, I mean, look at Sol Campbell. He's been trying to be... He's, he's been a manager for ages, even though he hasn't been particularly good at it. At least he's you know, stuck at it. I mean... 
Yeah, you got to have those lower. Yeah, there's 92 clubs in the pyramid. That's not a lot of jobs when you think about the amount of ex-footballers and coaches there mm, are. Um, but that, that actually brings us on a nice little segue. It's lovely that, that happens to uh, to Patrick Vieira, another ex-player, phenomenal Arsenal legend, mm-hmm. um, Man City legend, Inter Milan legend, France legend, probably. I mean, you Pe- won them World Cup. Pizza Gate legend. Pizza Gate legend. No, that was Seth Fabregas. Mm-hmm. He was about that though, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he was in the room. From like from now for the last ten games of the season, their schedule isn't that hard. And albeit, I mean, between eleventh and twentieth, I think there's there's not even ten points in it. So I mean, they are in danger of potentially going down if their form continues. But I mean, you'd imagine they'll be able to get some results out of it. Yeah, you'd expect them to pick up some results, especially with Zaha coming back and. And whatnot, you would expect uh, a few wins there, but you just don't know. So it is very tight in that top six or seven, well, bottom six or seven teams. There, you're only separated by a few points. So yeah, you, you just you know you just don't know. I suppose if you're the chairman of the club and you know you lose so much money by going down, you you do tend to press the panic button. Do you think that because most of the signings? he's made have been attacking and when you look at the signings i don't think a lot of them have worked out do you think that has maybe come into their decision because defensively they're great but attacking wise they have been pretty poor they've been really poor and i think that's got to be part of it i know you're saying that the fixtures weren't like weren't kind to them because they'd obviously us twice recently chelsea liverpool city you guys as well but they're not scoring mm. like at all as you said they're signing attacking players he signed all these players and it's still coming back to, oh, well, now Zaha's back. They should be all right. And I think that's coming to it. Even defensively, I don't think they've been that great. Certainly not as good as last season. And no wins this calendar year. Three points off top, um, off, off the bottom three. And, um, yeah, I think even though we're saying these games look winnable for them, they're not going to win them <laughs> if they're not scoring any goals. No. <laughs> like, it's... Mm-hmm. It's almost an impossible situation, like to go. Well, do you stick with it and stay with Vieira? I mean, apparently he's fallen out with the board anyway, so that's always decision made at that point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. obviously, something's gone on that's um, yeah triggered Vieira, and he's fallen out with the top brass there. So that yeah, that never helps. We saw that with Thomas Tuchel, didn't we? He was having spats with. Uh, with the new owners and when he was out the door, wasn't he? Exactly. So I don't, I'm not going to say it's the, it's only the wrong decision if they still go down, but even then, what's to say they're not still going to go down because they're not winning games. They're barely scoring. Mm. Yeah. Like against it, I know Vieira was gone, but against Arsenal, it, it was so easy for them, even beyond the fact that you're saying it's a side that's possibly going down against the potential champions. It was child's play. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the players that they've brought in recently. I mean, Elise and Eze, I think they've been, I think they've been reasonable successes considering the amounts of money they spent on them. Um, the Kure, yeah, I think he's been pretty solid. But when he gets like Matessa and Eduard, I think Eduard, did we spend like 30 million on him? Yeah, from South. Oh, wow. It was a yeah. decent chunk. Of, it was a decent chunk of change. But um, yeah, like what one one win in their last 15 games. It's yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty scary, and I mean I I think I think the average goal conceded like each game since the turn of the year, which is not too bad. But oh my god, like, if you're not scoring, bit, if you're not scoring, it doesn't like you could if you 
you're conceding a goal a game. If you're not scoring, you're just going to lose them all one nil. And like, and it doesn't look that bad on mm. paper. You think, oh, they're not conceding a lot, but they cannot score. They've not yeah. got a goal scorer. Zaha is, um, he's an excellent player, but if he's your main goal scorer, what's his average? Probably 10, 11 a season. That's not yeah. a lot of goals at all. When you think of all those strikers and forward players they've brought in, like it's worrying. You do have to be worried because the other sides that are in the bottom three, they're at least getting, like they're getting, they're conceding a lot of goals, but they're also scoring. So they are going to pick up the other mm. points. But for Palace, you kind of look at their fixtures and you think, oh yeah, it's not so bad. Leicester next, that's winnable. Leeds next as well. But then you think, well, actually no, they've only scored five goals in what the last 10, 11 games. Yeah. And, and they don't they don't come in multiples either when you look at it. It's always a four one loss or a one all draw or a two one loss. Like it's not they're not free scoring in any capacity. Yeah. Well when 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 IU is one of your most, most consistent players, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> you do, because I think his time has long has long gone. I mean, they could do with perhaps trying to convince Adebayor to give it one more go. There's or, or, no... or even Jordan's father. I think maybe he'll do a better job now. Yeah, so I would be worried. As a, if I was a Crystal Palace fan, I would be starting to think, "Oh Jesus, what are we? What's going to go on here?" So, Aubameyang's not doing much. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, he might not be the worst chance in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, but... uh, May Roy Hodgson, maybe you can come in and bring some life to them because they did play some decent football under him and they had some reasonable times ish. So, I mean, I, I don't think he has much life left in him anyway. I don't know how much he's going to be able to bring to, bring to Palace. <laughs> well, if you can give him the rest of his life force, they'll be doing all right, maybe. Maybe it just seems timeless. I feel like in 20 years, they're still going to be wheeling him out to save someone. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But it, it, is, it is quite sad. Cause I do realise, is he the only black manager in the Prem? Roy Hodgson. I mean, Vieira. Was I was side. Roy Hodgson was black. <laughs> That's caught, um, that's caught me out. Spiritus Sanchez, he's gone, isn't he? Um, potentially. I think he could. There's done, a lot of nationalities out in the Premier League managers. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm trying to think now. I've no idea who's in charge of Southampton. It's um, Sellers. Like, okay. Who is a white dude? Couldn't pick him out of a lineup, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. a problem with having. There doesn't seem to be a lot of non-white managers in in the prem or like even the top five leagues no no it's a big, it's a big problem that um i'm sure they keep banging on about trying to solve it and give more opportunities but uh it's a it's a ruthless business isn't it being a manager yeah. so and, um, maybe the guys from different backgrounds aren't given as many mm. opportunities well the thing is, I, I hear a lot of people saying there's not many black managers um, managing, which is fair enough. But I don't hear many actual black people complaining they're not getting these jobs. So are, are, uh, are, are I think you actually, probably do. Heck. Are they <laughs> actually going? Are they actually going for these jobs? I mean, I know Saul Campbell's been complaining. Yeah. He's not a great shout because he hasn't been. In, uh, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, people who have got some sort of credentials, not some ex-defender who thinks he should manage a top club because he was once a club legend. So you mean not, um, who's the guy who wanted the job? Was it Paul Lintz who wanted the United job when Oli got it? And he hadn't managed for like 10 years or something. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Paul Lintz? I might be making that up. Yeah, he's managed a bit though hasn't he got a team at the moment yeah because they just lost to um michael carrick's middlesbrough didn't they 
and mm. the, the, everyone was throwing around that quote from Paul Lynch that Michael Carrick wasn't a good coach. <laughs> that was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. So that was funny. But yeah, Liam, to bring it back to your actual point, it's definitely, it's definitely a problem. And part of it is probably this sort of thing is that a job comes up, people are in an emergency like Crystal Palace. So they turned to someone like Roy Hodgson, who Roy Hodgson has all the credentials, all the qualifications and all the experience in the entire world. Um, But it's almost like it's an easy shout for them to go, well, quick, Roy Hodgson's about, or David Moyes is about, or back in the meme that um, every time a lower table club sacks someone, it's go get Sam Allardyce and Mm. things like that. And these guys are just timeless and they just seem to go on forever. Um, but I think that that will change when kind of a new, because these people can't go forever, a new kind of wave of managers start to come through. And hopefully there are more opportunities for people from all backgrounds, because you certainly look at the players on the pitch and I don't know any statistics, but uh, like a lot of them aren't white like yeah. at all. So you kind of think, well, you've got all these amazing uh, like um, black players on the pitch. Surely they, a lot of them are going to turn into great managers as well. Yeah. yeah, well, hopefully they'll start getting their chances if there are, you know, they are clamouring for these jobs. He wants yeah. to manage Palace anyway. No, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, look at someone like 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 Park Ji Sung, who I think is, I think he's been trying to be a manager for a long time. I think he's managing somewhere like some level in QPR. I could be wrong, but you know, like why hasn't he had many opportunities compared to someone like Oli Gunnar Solskjaer? You know, no disrespect to Oli, but <laughs> you know, it is. It is strange, especially when you're like a very good, smart midfielder. And I mean, I say midfielder because midfielders tend to be, you know, very good yeah. managers. Well, I mean, Park's only, looking at it now, he's only a couple of years into his coaching career. So he's joined QPR to coach the under-16s in December 2021. So maybe he's just not ready yet because he was an ambassador for us for ages. He was just like yeah. looking up at charity dues. Um, but yeah, it does seem like as soon as Stevie G and Frank retired, they were instantly in to Derby, same with Wayne Rooney, instantly in. Mm. Um, but it's different for, say, when some when someone like a Louis Saha retires, they don't then just get thrown straight into the jobs. It's almost like it's suspicious. And we're not saying that Stevie and Frank didn't have the know-how or the license or whatever, but... It, it didn't exactly it did go very well easy. for them, did it? <laughs> no, and they turned out to be crap. So, <laughs> so they have to turn to Roy Hodgson or Sean Dyche and people like that. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, Colatore's been—he's been a manager. He was a manager fairly recently, wasn't he? Yeah, he didn't at, do very Wigan. Well. Yeah, he didn't do very well. Did yeah, he? but Wigan's a complete—they can't even pay their players. So, yeah, I don't true. think they're going to exist for much longer. I mean, he—he he was. I mean, he he was like an assistant manager for a long time. I feel like it was near Leicester for like yeah, it was five at years for a bit. He was at Celtic for a bit with Brendan as well. So maybe the worry is that if these guys from these different backgrounds, different ethnicities, do get a chance, they don't get as long in the job. I know Wigan's a different kettle of fish because they're probably not going to exist soon. But um, it's this kind of thing where if you go to these lower league clubs where the players aren't of massive quality and they're struggling already you don't turn it around you get sacked or where do you go from there yeah yeah it's a bit depressing um but you 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 mentioned arsenal and i'm not i'm not, I'm not gonna pass the opportunity to talk about my amazing club who never lose any um, international football um or intercontinental football um so we played crystal palace um yeah. I, I, I was never really particularly worried especially with no no of course you were <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, it, it felt, I felt like everything was just set up for us to like, everything was going so good for us. I was like, oh, could we lose? Because I mean, Vieira gone, Anderson gone, who's their best like centre back. Pretty sure Decore is injured as well. It's like, oh, right. So, so there's no way we can lose this whatsoever. And we didn't. So I was like, no. Thank God. They're <laughs> <laughs> 19 year old in goal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. No manager, no centre halves, no midfield. Zaha's their main striker. <laughs> like, it would have, like, in years gone past, this would have been, like, the perfect opportunity for Arsenal just to fuck up. Um, nah, I don't think you were ever, not even you were ever that bad. No. But, um, 4 1 win in the end. It was fairly comfortable, even with Rob Holding playing. It was defense. fairly comfortable. Listen to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Positive, he can't even just say that you won with ease. We did with Winner Vee. Ah, there you go. Are, are, you, are you happy now? Are you happy? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Well, yeah, we are happy. Good. So, um, yeah, one done, ten to go. It's, uh, I mean, I, I'm getting nervous with every game. I have to be honest because you'll be fine. Man City will, Man City will lose to Liverpool. I hope so. And then you'll also lose to Liverpool, and then none of it will matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're going to be fine because Man City will, will mess up. They'll start to focus on the Champions League because that's really what Pep wants to try and prove he doesn't yeah. need Messi. He just needs seven billion pounds, yeah. and, um, uh, and then they'll lose the semi-finals to some random crap team. Chelsea, probably. Yeah, it's Chelsea. <laughs> and, uh, and then they'll yeah. they'll lose everything, and they won't get a trophy because we'll beat them in the FA Cup final. They, they, they look scary, but I have to admit, uh, I saw them versus Leipzig that weekend, and I was like, oh my god! I know it's Burnley, I know it's Leipzig, but I was like, Jesus Christ! So they've scored like I think five goals in both those games. I was like, Haaland is just—it feels like it's finally clicking. That's that's scary. No, it's Le- Leipzig. Are really bad. They were really bad. Yeah. <laughs> They're so bad. I mean, even we smashed them at home. I think we did them to six or something a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Um, to be fair, then I think they also smash you back. So I guess <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah. what it says, but I I think we can win it. And I think it's the first time I'm, I'm saying that I think we will, which I I hate saying because I feel like I'm just setting myself up. But I feel like we we I feel like we are winning. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be fine. I say Man City will definitely mess up again because it's all going quite well for them, and mm. that usually means that they'll frustratingly lose a game. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean, I hope they do beat Liverpool because then that'll be Liverpool completely out of the top four, <laughs> and they'll just pump more misery on them. But um, it would be—I can see Man City definitely losing that game. I mean, I, I kind of hope that um, they do get top four because it means that a certain uh, North London club won't get top four. <laughs> There's no way they're getting top four either. It will end up being Newcastle or Brighton. At this oh, yeah, we, we can talk about that later. That's gonna be that's gonna be a fun discussion. But um, your game, you 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 definitely had a game. Yeah, we did. Bad. We didn't play very well at all for 75 minutes. No, we weren't very good, were we? And then all of a sudden, Fulham just completely imploded. It was quite spectacular. Yeah, what the fuck happened, man? Well, it all started by Arsenal legend William. Who, uh... Yes, it did. <laughs> it did. Decided to clear the ball off the line with his hand, um, which is a red card. And then Mitrovic decided that it was time to just scream in the face of the referee and keep touching him. <laughs> and then Marco Silva decided to kick a water bottle at a linesman. <laughs> and this is all in the space of two minutes for people that haven't seen the game. So three red cards. Oh my god! And then, uh, yeah, then penalty scored. 
Sabitzer with his first goal about three minutes later, and then Bruno wraps it up in the last second. Mm. <laughs> what a bizarre game. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't really know what happened because they were winning 1 0. They were reasonably comfortable. Like we were starting to create things, but it was looking a bit little too little too late. It's just a an incredible way to ruin a chance to go to Wembley that doesn't really come around that often for clubs that sort of the middle mid table pack. There's only two opportunities to go to Wembley every year. And and, and you got both of them? <sighs> yeah, yeah, back at Wembley. Is the quadruple on, do you think? Probably not the quadruple. But um, you you wonder Audi um, China Cup or something, didn't you? Uh, we beat Liverpool in a friendly somewhere random. I don't remember where, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure there was a trophy at the end of it. Yeah, for some reason, even though it was just a one-off game. But I guess that's what those. Um, and Mourinho would count it probably. <laughs> yes, he would, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, Spurs uh, definitely would. I know that for sure. Well, they have to, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. It, it was good. Still in the trophy hunt. I think the players are probably gl- glad that it's an international break. Rashford is um, definitely actually injured and not just chilling <laughs> at home. Because <laughs> he knows Gareth Southgate won't play him anyway. Probably not. No. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's good. Ericsson um, posted some pictures earlier. He's back training on the um, in boots and everything. So um, Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah he posted he's a picture earlier. He's having to be back sometime after the international break, isn't he? So that'd be a boost. Yeah, so that'd be good. Um, no, yeah. Donny Donny's out for the season. Um, not that, that makes much difference. But... Uh, poor Donny. Yeah. <laughs> Carl, do you have any opinion on the game? Uh, pretty much like what Nathan said, really. For most of it, I think we were quite poor and Fulham were playing really well, a lot better than they played against G the other, the other week, that's for sure. And um, we did look a bit better once we put Fidget Spinner on, and he was <laughs> a main part of the chance that led to the handball. But yeah, I mean, the Fulham have kept their heads, and the only only William got sent off, and we scored the penalty and go one one all. Like how poor we were! There's a fair chance we still might have nicked a you know nicked a win with ten men, but you, you you go down to nine men and you you bollocks really, aren't you? Yeah, especially when mentally they just right when your main focal points, William, mm. the manager, and Mitrovic, who's their main outlet for goals. When they go, the whole team must just deflate completely mm. and go, "Oh my god, we've got nothing left." Um, but yeah, Anthony was excellent when he came on. He actually started. The one thing we weren't doing, we weren't stretching Fulham at all wide. We weren't running at them. Um, we were just sort of trying to pass it, which isn't our game really. And uh, yeah, so when Anthony actually started taking people on, um, the game kind of changed a bit. And I don't know whether that was the frustration for them. I don't know what happened, really. I mean, it's a clear handball. It's yeah. a clear penalty, a clear sending off. Yeah. So there's no there's no argument. I don't know what Marco Silva was getting. And that's from his yeah. view. And that's from where he was sitting. It didn't look like it was a handball. Yeah, know. at the end, you, after the game, he was like talking about VAR and saying how it's unfair, like at Old Trafford, this always happens. It's like, well, he'd stuck his hand up with... He's not the goalkeeper, Marco. Yeah. Did you be fair? The first time I saw it, I was like, I couldn't quite tell if it hit his hand. But then, obviously, when you see the replays, it does become quite obvious. So I wonder if maybe he didn't see it clearly enough. Well, he'd lost his call as well. So I mean, I'm expecting Mitrovic to get quite a lengthy ban. They haven't announced anything yet, but I imagine it's going to be more than the three games that a red card usually gets. 
Yeah. Be, I reckon between eight and ten. I think that's what the that's what the, num- the numbers I'm hearing bounded around. I I think it's ridiculous. I have to be honest. What's I don't that? think it, I I don't think it was. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta set an example. Yeah, yeah, you can't be um, that aggressive towards a referee. You just can't be. Not no, this day and age. I feel like three. I feel like well, four was maybe enough. Like eight just seems excessive. I mean. You know, I mean, I know Bruno's wasn't was exactly the same thing, but like, it's not that it's not that different, surely. I think it's the fact that he just he just wouldn't leave the ref alone. Like, if he'd walked, screamed, said his bit, done a little push, and then walked away, but he was like proper screaming, putting his finger at him, trying to push past people mm. to get back to the ref. And I think at that point you got to go right. We'd set an example here, not for the fact it deserves an eight-game ban, but more for the fact that. All those people, all those kids are going to watch that, and then when they go on the pitch, as soon as the referee does anything, they're just going to copy him. And I think that's the point where you got to kind of go stamp it out because like the refs at grassroots and stuff are already where you see some of the horror stories occasionally of them mm. getting like attacked or just verbally completely berated. And then if we're going to go back to the to the days of of kind of old school football where it was everyone and their dog surrounding the referee, <laughs> if anything <laughs> happened. Right. No, I don't know, but he was overly aggressive. Whereas the thing about the Bruno one is, yeah, he he did like push him on the back, but that was the end of it. Whereas Mitrovic, it was just again and again, he was just coming at the poor referee. <laughs> like a Mitrovic isn't exactly a small guy; he's massive. Yeah, but I think just any like any time you touch a referee, I think I should just be it, like a ban. I don't, I can't see any other. I don't know. I think it's bizarre, but it is what it is. You know, I mean, he is definitely. It was definitely a, a deserved red card. I'm not. I'm not saying it was in the slightest. But yeah, I guess what can you do? So I mean, here's a question: Where do you think Fulham would would end up being um, by the end of the season? Carl, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go to you first. Oh, I don't know. To be honest, I knew you'd come to me first with a question I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> um. I need to remind myself where exactly they are, actually. They are in ninth at the moment on 39 points. 39 points, a few behind. Um, Yeah, I'd expect Chelsea to overtake them in the end, so um, probably 10 for 11. They might find themselves struggling a bit if the main striker is going to be out for a fair bit as well, to be fair. Yeah, I, I, I I was wondering, like, could they maybe push for Europa? I mean, it seems like that's probably going to be one of like Spurs, Newcastle, Liverpool, maybe Brighton. But mm. I don't know. It's strange. I mean, what, they what, could what? do. They could do. I mean, I don't think they've got much to worry about from the likes of Villa or, or Palace, to be honest. So I think they're either going to finish where they are or probably 10th because you'd have thought Chelsea would. Uh, but they have started picking up a few more wins, and you'd expect them to um, get a few more now. Yeah, I, 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 are you with... worried they might leapfrog United? Oh, petrified, because we're going to get relegated. Then, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Nathan, what about you? Yeah, I think they can push for Euro for the trouble is they've now got three games without William, possibly more without. Mitrovic so I mean they do have guys like Solomon who scores quite a few or has done recently um but then you look at the forward line and you think well no Mitrovic so they look at Spurs less legend Carlos Vinicius who <laughs> I don't know if he's ever scored a goal against other than against non-league opposition <laughs> so um, <laughs> are they going to suddenly struggle for goals um a little bit so Maybe, but yeah, around. I don't think they've got anything to worry about about going 
below sort of 10th or 11th because there's quite a gap there as Carl said with Palace so I don't think so yeah they could push for Europa League but they're going to need to find kind of a new way of of scoring really yeah well I'll, I'll have you know actually that Carlos Vinicius has two goals oh my word yeah so that means he is only nine behind Mitrovic oh wow oh, there you go yeah there you go outright goal scorer <laughs> so what, 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 wash your mouth out mate <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think Mitrovic is just kind of, he's their focal point, isn't it? So it all changes when he's not in the side, but they're still a good team. Yeah. Um, you'd expect, as Carl said, Chelsea to kind of start to put some wins together at some point, but I feel like we've been saying that for a while and they're still in 10th. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's definitely a battle well, for those Europa League spots. Especially now Joe Felix is looking better than Drogba ever did, so... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. Just a better player. Um, <laughs> so much so much better, it's untrue. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> oh. Was there anything else we, we wanted to talk about? I, I feel like... Sorry, I feel like I've taken, taken over, but I, can't, I forgot if, if there's anything else. Um, did you want to mention Conte's rant? Do we think that's the end of his Tottenham career? Ooh. Still no word oh, of him being sacked just yet. So they're taking a, they're taking their sweet time over it as they are going to. Well, surely yeah. they've got to wrap up a replacement before they announce it. But you would think he's got to be gone. I haven't really heard of anyone like being close to being like replacing him. But it is strange. Usually, if you mm. hear, I mean, well, actually, only Ryan Mason's the only one. Yeah, I was going to say. I think I think it looks like it'd be Ryan Mason by all accounts. <laughs> Because he did, he did take the helm for a while before, didn't they? But I feel like they need to. I feel like they need to get top four, Tottenham. So I, I don't know if it's just worth biting the bullet and keeping Conte for the last few months or something. I don't know. I don't know if there's any way that that dressing room must just be broken now. Mm. After what he said, he basically called them all a complete waste of time, which the, a lot of them are. They don't. He's not wrong in what he said, but it's just the manner in which he said it. But um. You also think he, it's not like he's, it's not where well, he's been there, what, a year now? Yeah, right, something like that. He came in last January, I think. So it's not like he's a brand new manager. I know, maybe October, actually. It's not a brand new manager to the club. So you've got to kind of think, well, you've had a year and a bit to get your ideals across. You have signed a few players. They might not have been the ones that you definitely wanted. But, I mean, <laughs> a year and a half and he's still saying they're spineless? Yeah, I mean, he definitely wanted Perisic, and he hasn't been particularly great. No. Basuma was one of the best CDMs in the whole league. Yeah. And, you know, someone like Jez Spence was, you know, I mean, obviously he hasn't been played, but, you know, I, 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 I feel a bit of sympathy there. If, if he's not a player you want, fine. But it's just, it's just seems so bizarre. I think he definitely has to take some, some mm. of the cuts. I mean, Son has had a poor season by his normal standards. And mm. someone decided to buy Richarlison for a lot of money. And then he hasn't really started that many games. So you've got to wonder if that was someone Conte really wanted. Because you'd think if it was someone Conte wanted, he'd have started him a yeah. lot more matches. I just think, and I don't want to give let the players off because it is very quote unquote mm-hmm. Spursy mm. the way they're playing. But again, he's not. If he had come in in October last year, I'd be like, oh, these players are not going to survive under Conte. But instead, it's like a year and a, as we said, a year and a half nearly, and they're not playing anywhere near Conte's sort of levels of the past. So 
it's not like he's not had a bit of time to get his ideals across. They obviously don't like him. And without Harry Kane, like usually we said about Spurs, where it'd be about Harry Kane, but it's literally he has scored what 20, mm. 23 league goals. Well, they've scored 52. So he's yeah. doing all the hard yards, he's doing pretty much everything. I think him and Kulisevsky have definitely been their best mm. players. And yeah, I mean, well, he's, he's been a good player, hasn't he? Kulisevsky. Yeah. And I think his injuries haven't really helped. But like, I mean, like you said, Carl, Son has been poor. And I think there could have even been an argue, argument last season that Son was better than Kane. Mm, yeah, exactly. So it's it's strange for drop off. Because I mean, I, I mean, because wasn't he joint golden boot winner? Son? Yeah. yeah, and he had and he had no penalties either, which is just insane. Mm. So it's just. It's bizarre, especially because, I mean, they were scoring like four or five goals a game towards the end of last season. Like, I honestly thought that they were probably the best contenders to the title besides Liverpool because they looked really good. And suddenly this season, they just, they've been crap every single game and, and some days we get away with it and a win, but it just never got better. It's, it's so bizarre. Yeah, and nothing seems to be working out apart from a couple of things. I mean, Oliver Skip's been pretty good. He's taken his chances a little bit. He's been okay. Yeah, Hodgeberg <laughs> has been good, but it's just kind of hard him doing what he does best, which is breaking up play. And then in attack, as we said, Song's been poor. Richardson hasn't worked at all and also hasn't started often um, that often. So it's just the two, Kuleveski and Kane. And Kane's just the well, way he would score no matter what team you put him in, wouldn't he? Yeah. So, um, I don't think I think the players are probably what Conte said, which is they don't like playing under stress. They don't like doing this, but at the same time, like what are you what have you done about it, Conte? Like instead of yeah. just ranting about your players in public, you've been there a year and a half. Why is it every club you go to this implosion happens? And they were and they were really good before. That's just that's just what baffles me before. Like they were fantastic last season. And I mean, you know, they they fairly beat us at their stadium and they were Really good. Mm-hmm. It's just very strange to see. I mean, Benton Kerr probably is a bit of a miss as well. He's been very good for them in in, um, in midfield. Yeah. But you know, I mean, Hoybugs is 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 a good player, and they have other good players. And you know, when when one of your big signings is one of the best CDMs in the country, you know, it's just you know, yeah. I, I think you have to take a bit of a blame, my friend. I think that's probably what he's doing is to try and leave with a bit of like people are saying mm. he won't. Well, he won't struggle to get another job. You think? Well, yeah, maybe back in Italy he'll be fine in Syria. For somebody, if there's a job going, but really, is he like? It's not like he's suddenly going to walk into Real Madrid, is it? Like, I think we need to take the rose tinted glasses off a little bit, because um, this guy seems to implode no matter where he goes. If he doesn't yeah. get his way and get into Milan, he left because he wasn't going to get the transfer budget he wanted. And as everybody's saying, we should have uh, yeah. signed him as our manager. <laughs> no, no, that would have not <laughs> gone well <laughs> at all, as I think nope. we're seeing now. But even, I suppose it's not like he's not had money. We've already mentioned Richarlison, like the two guys from Juventus, and they're both getting signed as well. He got um, Porro in um, in January. And you look at all the new signings from the summer, and you have to say, well, Conte, none of them have worked. Yeah. Like, are they, is it all their fault? Suspicious. Yeah, it's a strange. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, the thing is, he's probably going to end up be- going to Juventus, which is not necessarily a good thing because they're crap as well. <laughs> they don't have any money either, so I don't think yeah. gonna want, he's going to want them because it seems like he has to have a big budget. He likes to spend the money, doesn't he? Yeah. Then, you know what? I think he should stay He should stay at Spurs. I think that's the best option for him. I think they're, gonna, they're generally going to end up with Pochettino back, aren't they? Yeah, which well, yeah, maybe, maybe would be a good idea. Yeah. Never go back. Yeah, I don't know if that'll be a great idea or not, but who knows? So give him actual money because obviously he didn't get, he literally didn't get a transfer budget in this season that he somehow got in the Champions League final. As I say, he did get to into a Champions League final, didn't he? So yeah, it quickly unravelled after that, didn't it? So yeah, well, um, they are still fourth, kind of by default. Newcastle and um, have two games in hand on them, and they're only two points adrift. I said Brighton, actually. Yeah, Brighton three games in hand. Oh wow! Oh, wow! So um, they could be, yeah, actually could be contenders for the top four. Um, Liverpool are there, sort of like an elephant at the top of a tree. Um, Brighton versus Real Madrid next season. I, I, I'd love to see. That would be pretty good. <laughs> It'd probably actually be a good match, to be honest. Mm. It would certainly be interesting. Benzema out on the piss down the, by the pier <laughs> the night before. <laughs> 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 Oh, you know, Lewis Dunk versus Benzema, something I'd love to see. <laughs> Very one-sided. <laughs> hey, Lewis Dunk is, is, is Benzema great. would Benzema would have no chance. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what I meant. Oh man, there's no Lewis Dunk can stop Benzema. Vinicius Junior versus whatever their right, whoever their right back is. Who's their right back again? It's <laughs> a small a... dude, isn't it? I'm laughing, but I don't know. Lamperty. Lamperty, yeah, he's like fucking five five. Yeah, and then whichever random Paraguayan wingers they buy this summer when they make like half a billion pounds off the transfers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Do you, do, 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 do you think Matoma is going to move this summer? Yes, and I think he will come to United. Yeah, because you need more left wingers. <laughs> well, we do. We need <laughs> yeah. all of left wingers. Absolutely. You definitely don't need any right wingers. Nope. You don't need them. They're out of fashion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It makes sense why we why we keep trying to sign left wingers, even though we only have one right winger and Saka. But, you know, it's all about cutting inside on the left. <laughs> That's like, it. That's it. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every all the all the left wingers just sit around a, an old uh, Phillips TV and watch videos of Iron Robin. Yeah, I mean he's a right winger, but yeah, I I, I do get your point. Yeah, but he's cutting on the left. Yeah. That's yeah, his entire game, Liam. I know, but he wasn't cutting in on his left from a left wing, buddy. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Who is this guy? Carl? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, this has been a, this has been an interesting experience. This has been a fun pod, though. I've enjoyed mm-hmm. this. Yeah, has been good. Are we on to the Patricks? I suppose so. Carl, uh, I, I know that you have a Patrick, which you... you yeah, you, you definitely have one. Well, I do, yeah. It's, uh, let me just bring this up so I can remember his name. It's, uh, I'll probably pronounce this wrong, but it's uh, Egyptian referee Mohamed Farouk, um, who has been suspended for using a spectator's mobile phone to disallow a goal in the Egyptian second league, which doesn't have VAR or anything like that. So you're not supposed to do that sort of stuff. <laughs> so he took it upon himself <laughs> because... Some fans were showing outrage to look at, look at replays on a fan's phone, ruling out a goal he'd previously given. Yeah, I love that. I'm I'm looking at the the photo used in the article, and I can't tell which one of these players is a referee. 
So the, the kits are just so bloody wild. Like, my God. I think it's the bloke in red in the picture I've got, but yeah. I think so, yeah. I mean, one of them looks like he plays for Jamaica, and the other one looks like he plays for like a, like a 90s <laughs> Croatia team. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like Croatia, doesn't it? <laughs> and then, like, the rest like, North Korea or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, Nathan, what, what is yours? Uh, mine is the Twitter account at number ten cat, and this is someone that's run an entire Twitter account as Larry the Cat, who is the cat that lives at Ten Downing Street. Um, but I'm presuming it is not the actual cat. Um, so I don't think it's a pretty funny Twitter account. It's been very funny today as um, as Boris took to <laughs> took to the stand to defend. I don't even know what he's trying to defend, but he's doing a lot of talking. His um, his his office parties in 2020. Oh, okay. I did wonder what he was talking about. He's hard to follow. Um, But Larry the Cat is not an excellent Twitter account. Go follow it. Even if you're not into UK politics, it makes um, for a fun read um, as Twitter slowly melts into nothingness. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Elon Musk. We we love that. Cheers, Musk. We love you burning (laughs) our favourite platform. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going for a bit of an old choice. I think this is actually from a few months ago, but I'm going for Wayne Rooney's um, uh, halftime talk. He's talking to his players, <laughs> and he mentions that he has a small penis, um, <laughs> and that he's achieved so much despite his small penis. And I, <laughs> and but my favorite thing about it is you watch the video and no one laughs. So <laughs> like, no, one, I can't even tell if he's joking. Well, would Would you laugh at Wayne Rooney? <laughs> <laughs> but he's just saying like. I achieve this much and I have a tiny penis and no one laughs. <laughs> I don't know why, but oh man, it, it tickled me pink, I have to say. Well, so yes. That, so we've got an Egyptian referee, um, what's his name, Mohamed Farouk, did you say? Something like that, yeah. I might not be pronouncing it quite quite right. I do apologize With your track history, I'm going to guess you're not. Probably not, no. <laughs> Wayne Rooney's small penis or Larry the cat? <laughs> Man, this is, this is a good week. <laughs> really good week. Uh, Liam, where do you want to? Where are you voting? Mm, that's tough. The thing is, if if I didn't know about the referee thing before this, I maybe would have gone that. I don't know. I'm I'm half tempted to stick with mine because I, I do love a small penis. Um, <laughs> So you it's know, helped you a lot, hasn't it, that speech? It has. It really inspired me. Um, I think inspired... No, I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with number 10, Cat, because I love cats. I'm going to vote for... Um, I'm going to give you the deciding vote, Carl, because I'm going to vote for uh, Wayne Rooney's small penis. Yeah, I'm going to have to lean towards that one as well, actually, as much as I don't want to give <laughs> Liam yes! the win. <laughs> well done. Well done, Wayne Rooney's small penis. Well, Well, this has been a a good week for for Oddies at the Wheel. It's going to be a bad week for football as the internationals are on. Um, But guys, we want to predict England v Italy. Apparently England have um, no good players and Mancini replied by saying, neither do we. Oh, that should have been a Patrick. I would have voted for that. Or Gareth Southgate saying that there's not... What do you say? There's not enough talent or something coming through the ranks. And Mancini was like, well, we literally have nobody. So <laughs> I'm calling up Balotelli, Gareth. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Any predictions? Carl, do you think we're going to win? Uh, no, I think it'll be 2-0 to Italy because we never seem to beat these 
top 10 club teams, do we, somehow? We always find a way to lose them. I'm going to say that we win somehow. I think Harry Kane's going to somehow get a goal. Um, Your favourite player? My favourite player. Do you think he, he, for he, England. He, he, was, he was very good at a World Cup. Probably the only good time he's been... You know, <laughs> only, only good string of games he's had in it for England. So you're not fair play to us. England's all-time record goal scorer, Harry Kane. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's only ever been good once. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's, he's I think joy, enjoying, so he, he, but he'll get past it soon. I think, won't he? Yeah. I think England will win because Italy genuinely are not very good. So they still managed to beat us in that. They did beat us in the Euros final, but then they yeah. didn't qualify for the World Cup, and they haven't played a World Cup knockout game since the Zidane final. Yeah, they're a weird team, aren't they? They're very hit and miss these days at LA. They'll win something and then not qualify for ages. Well, I think Mancini's right because in his press conference, sorry, this is still the outro, guys, but a strap in for another five minutes. Mancini <laughs> <laughs> um, said, like, the development of Italian players like, doesn't exist at the minute. And he's kind of right when you think about it. There are really about how many good young Italian players can we all think of? Because you kind of think in the Champions League, the there's like three uh, Italians <laughs> left. What about William Nonto? Well, there's one. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't follow Italian football that closely, so I'm not going to know any. But yeah, they do They do seem to be struggling, don't they? Yeah. So you're sort of saying that there's just, in the academies, there's just no talent, no drive to actually invest. Um, so maybe that was his version of a Conte speech. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> crap. No one's left. Um, well, they're the same as us, though, in England, aren't they? They, they, they all, they're bringing in that many outsiders and foreigners. That even oh, when they're all all GB news. Even when they are youngsters, they, do, they don't get the, the opportunities. Perhaps they could do. I don't know. I think it's more that Italy as a country has no money. But yeah, I don't know. So probably doesn't, that probably doesn't help. Because <laughs> it's really. This really has been the longest outro we've ever, ever done. Yeah. Well, Carl decided to give us his opinion on foreigners very quickly. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, you, you, you cut it off. Guys, give us your opinion on foreigners at rogue underscore opinion. Uh, you can find me at Nathan Greenaway. Uh, Carl, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Carl underscore fire 80 at uh, Twitter, whatever. I can't, I can never remember it. And you can follow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna plug Reese instead of my account. You can follow Reese at Hasbuda Hive on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, everyone, thank you for listening to us. If anyone is still left, yeah, cheers, guys, and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, have fun. Have a good week. Look after your grandma. Bye now. Yep. Bye.